it's all It's the thrill of one more kill The last one to fall We'll never sacrifice their will Don't ever look back On the world closing in Beyond the attack With your wings on the wind Giants 27, Eagles 10. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skin, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Uh Victory Monday. Uh, now, the, the Giants season is over. Justin, you were there. The Giants finally beat the Eagles first time since 2021 uh, when Xavier McKinney also uh, intercepted Jalen Hurts in that game. Uh, Giants end the season 6-11. and 11, uh, Obviously, well short of our expectations. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, it's always a little somber to you know leave MetLife Stadium for the last time because you know this this tricky little thing, cold football and the sport that we love. You know, no matter how bad the season was, um, you know it's going to be basically nine months, eight months until you know I'm back in that stadium and going to Giants games, whether the team is good, whether the team the team is bad. It's my favorite thing in the world, and it's gotten even more fun since we've interacted with everybody and since we get to see people um, that go to Giants games as well. So uh, it was, I'll tell you what, it was cool. The New York football Giants just kicked the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that you know, regardless of pick or whatever or how you're feeling or doesn't matter, does it not? You know, it's not going to really carry into next year because the roster is going to be so different. But saying that sentence... Feels good because the New York Football Giants did just kick the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. They did. The Eagles are are in in rough shape, right? I I didn't really have like any emotional like like feelings with winning or losing, and, and honestly, well, I I wasn't like, oh damn, the draft pick. Obviously, I would have rather picked fifth and sixth. It was just I went into this game just as like the season is over in three hours. You know, this this season is what it is. There's nothing from this game that can change what what this season was, right? If we still had 16 game schedules, here we are. Um, so I, again, I don't have much takeaways from this game, but man, it's, it's crazy how this giant season unraveled, right? Like we were there at training camp. They were legitimately good. And we were talking to reporters who were there every single year and asked them like, man, is this different? Like, is this different than other training camps? Cause we're like, we don't want to overreact to training camp. They look so good on offense to the point where we, we they look so good on offense and camp that we were worried about the defense. And just that first driver's Dallas, man, it, it felt like it all fell apart where, you know, you, yeah, you know, you had JMS messes up the snap. You kick a field goal. It gets blocked. Andrew Thomas gets hurt and everything spiraled from there. You know, the player most correlated to Daniel Jones success was, was out for seven games. Daniel Jones himself got hurt, then came back, and then towards ACL, it just went to shit. Where the Giants just, like you said, beat the crap out of the Eagles, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference. Like, I guess it makes difference in the draft pick, but like as far as like this team or anything, just makes no difference at all. Yeah, I mean, and you know, pay hey, shout out to Patreon.com/slash Talking Giants two dollars a month and all those fun things you already know the perks of. 
you know, we live stream. We're live streaming right now to our Patreon subscribers. And, um, you know, somebody asked, you know, did it feel extra special winning that game with all those Eagles fans there? Or did it not hit because you wanted the pick? And, I, and I'm with you, man. It wasn't even like, ah, shit, I really want that draft pick and I really want that pick. Because I, I ultimately think, I think Joe Shane, unless somebody falls, right? Which a, a quarterback could fall that they really like. But, you know, I, I have a feeling that Joe Shane's going to have to trade up. Um, and that that is in front of them if they want that and if teams... If a certain team will cooperate with the Giants and, you know, willing to take that draft capital as well. We have plenty of months to talk about that. But, you know, it didn't really feel extra special beating them today because it's like, all right, well, I want to I want to have wins like this in like September and October. And that's what made 2022 so fun. Bobby, what were we, six and two, five and one? Where do, how did we start 2022? Last year, seven yeah. and one. I mean, seven they beat the Jags, one. they were seven and one. Yeah, and that's what made last year like so great is that that awesome awesome start of being seven and one you know and having not just relevant months but really winning football in september and october um that's what made like partially that's what made last year so great and so fun and you you want you want those statement wins in september and october to set up what happens in november and december where even if you struggle a little bit in the second half of the season you set yourself up to a point where the giants last year did and they and they wound up winning a playoff game so what can I say where I feel positive coming down the stretch of this season, right? Because it's it's been essentially over. There's been no real implications for like you know playoffs or anything for a while. Yeah, they were even, too even when they weren't eliminated. The playoffs were more of like a joke, you know, talking point than anything. Now this is a big if, right? And this is why we're not making this episode super long because things are going to move fast this week. Joe Shane speaks at eight thirty a.m. Monday morning when you're listening to this. This season could have unraveled even worse. When Tyrod, when Daniel Jones tore his ACL and Tyrod Taylor was already injured, right? And they somehow won three games in a row with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, Justin. And yeah, did the defense contribute to that with turnovers and stuff? Absolutely. But they scored, they scored 31 points and 27 points in two of those wins, right? Like they were able to scheme some stuff to make some plays. And then DeVito played well against a pack. Like, hey, yeah, is Joe Barry's defense bad? And, you know, are you huge takeaways? But no, but that could have. You know, two years ago with Jake Fromm at quarterback, the Giants aren't doing that to the Green Bay Packers defense. I don't care who their defensive coordinator Score is. Score 25 against the Rams. You know, and you put together like three halfway decent outings with Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback. You know, uh, the second half versus the Eagles, then the Rams uh, uh, last week, and then the Eagles this game. You know a stat, right? Because Tyrod Taylor's played really well. And I think this can show this coaching staff off a little bit. You know, versus the Rams was Tyrod Taylor's only a second 300-yard game in his career. Yeah. I was I was blown away, right? Because he started uh, like 50, I think 58 or 59 games in his career. 300-yard games aren't, you know, these illustrious things that you don't come along. Like, and Tyrod I was, I was Taylor's sh- been on a lot of bad teams where you would think that, you know, the Texans and, you know, you know what are, what are the teams? Is he's been on the Bills, who the Bills kind of... You know, he won games with the Bills. You would have thought he'd had a couple 300-yard yeah, games in there. Yeah. And, nope. th- I mean, this game he had 297. So here's where it's a big if because we don't know if Wink Martindale is coming back. We don't know if Mike Kafka is going to come back. But we do know Brian Dable's coming back, and it'll be the first time the Giants will have a their head coach coming back for year three since Tom Coughlin, which is it does feel good to get off of this two-year cycle, even though there's a lot of question marks going ahead. It's like I trust this coaching staff to get the most – out of their players. Yeah. Right? If they stay together. Now, do I have questions of if Joe Shane can get them the right players? Yes. Absolutely. That has not been proven at all yet. Has not been proven at all. But if you do, 
I think you're going to get them. And I think if you get even like an like a, a slightly above average group of players, they're going to be in the playoffs consistently. And if they can get quarterback right and figure it out, then I think they're going to be competing. So that's where I, I do feel good about the season as, man, with other coaching staffs, this would have spiraled even worse out of control. Where, again, we... You know, we've, we've watched halfway decent offense football, despite the fact that they're one of the worst offenses in football, but they like have put together, you know, 20 to 30 points with, you know, a backup QB in Tyrock Taylor and a quarterback who really has no future in the NFL and Tommy DeVito, where with, you know, with, you know, the last coaching staff, they couldn't even, they couldn't even, they had to just stop throwing the ball in games that they were down like two, two scores in. Yeah, I agree. Being two and eight. You know, and then Daniel Jones you know, has, has that injury and, you know, doing whatever. I, I I don't think other coaching staffs will squeeze out four victories. Um, I, I, I don't think so. And They went five and four with their backup quarterbacks. Am, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. And the, but the next step in that is it went so wrong in September and October. And you, you could have predicted – that the Giants took a step back this year. You, you any, and hey, tougher schedule, second year. Maybe the NFL starts to figure out what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are doing with Daniel Jones. Sure, you could have predicted that the Giants take took a step back, but nobody predicted that through the first two months of the season and basically, you know, maybe even the you know stretch it out to ten games, that the Giants would have the worst offense in football because that's what it was. They had the worst offensive football. You know, if you take away two quarters against the Arizona Cardinals, it gets even worse. So they need to figure out what went wrong. And even in 2022, offensively, they didn't really get off to the hottest start. And they still kind of fluttered offensively in the middle of the season last year. And they finished, you know, they finished off the season strong, which is good. And then even similar to this year, you know, they finished off the season strong, had some good second half offensive performances. They need to figure out and do a full on like kind of autopsy. What the hell went wrong with the, it was, is it simply Andrew Thomas? I really like, I I don't want to give, but I really do think Andrew Thomas missing seven games was, I mean, Justin, now, the offensive line still needs a lot of work with Andrew Thomas. We got to remember how bad that offensive line looked in that stretch, yeah. you know, versus San Fran, versus Dallas, uh, you know, versus Miami. Like, that was that was the worst offensive line play we've seen, right? And they're still not good when Andrew Thomas is back, but it made – it was really bad, man. And, like, they were playing Marcus McKeithen – Right, it wasn't just they were like had you know Josh Azudu in there for Andrew Thomas. They were playing guys like Marcus McKeithen, who probably won't be on the roster next year. Um, you know, you had Ben Bredesen starting games at center instead of guard. Uh, you know, Evan Neal was playing worse than Tyree Phillips. Uh, like it was, it was really, really bad in that stretch with offensive line play, and that being like paired like hey they when they had chances for explosives and had time. DJ just didn't take those shots. I don't think that makes the difference of the season looking great or bad, but it does. It does make a difference. Yeah. I really think Andrew Thomas being out like really, really screwed them. I mean, and and we talk about and and this isn't even a defense of Daniel Jones, but we know he has two different quarterbacks when Thomas is playing quarterback and when not. Like I looked yeah. up the stats last week when I was doing that year end offensive line report. He has sixty more yards per game in games with. With Andrew Thomas since 2021, 
right? Like as as you know, every everything is up besides completion percentage is down by one percent, but his yards per attempt is still up. So. Yeah, touchdown to interception ratio is even much better too, right? Way different. All the inter- like almost over half the interceptions are without Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, September and October, like I, I I know there's a lot of people that will look at this season and be like. The Jets game. Oh, man. They really could have no, had I don't that do Jets that game. Oh, man. They really could have had that Bills game. Um, you know, and even, uh, you know, looking the at Rams the Rams game. game, even looking at the Rams game, that's that's three games, or even the, the Christmas Day game, Christmas Day game against the, the Eagles, which that goes into a Tommy DeVito conversation. But um, there's a lot of fans that will look at, oh, what if they just had those three wins? If, if Mason Crosby makes the kick against the, uh, the Rams and then the Bills game and then the Jets game. And then, oh, look at that. Bada bing, bada boom. The Giants are 9-8. and eight. I don't do that because uh, this team was 2-8. No. and eight. This offense was the worst offensive football in September and October when we were expecting them to be kind of like above average. We really yeah, were. Absolutely. We absolutely were, right? Um, so... Again, we'll we'll figure out how the dominoes fall with this coaching staff. I was a little mad because I was looking forward to the Jay Glazer segment. I'm like, oh yeah, this segment's basically all about head coaches because there's plenty of head coaches right. being fired next year. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure all out about that. And can I and um, can I say too? I would have enjoyed this game definitely more if I knew that Wink Martindale was going to be back next year. Like I, I, I partially did not. I, I was sitting there being like, why, why am I going to root for this defense in the aggression? And they sat on the post game, the post game uh, show with WFAN, John Schmilk and the crew. They said 80% blitz rate on Jalen Hurts. I don't know where they pulled that necessarily, but 80% blitz rate on Jalen Hurts. Like he had nowhere to go. He, He had nowhere to throw the ball. There's no the Eagles have no quick game that's it's non-existent in their offense. He's running and he's scrambling outside the uh, outside the pocket. He's throwing the ball away. You know he's taking pressure. There's you know the Dane Belton sack was awesome. So I'm like I'm sitting back and it's like I want to enjoy this defense and I want to enjoy this defensive performance and this game plan, but I feel like I can't because the advantage that Wink Martindale has been for this defense, I feel like he's not going to be here and that sucks. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if it happens, if there's any type of mediation from mayor up top. Um, I hope there is. <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> uh, I Obviously, there's difference between mediation and what happened to Joe Judge, where it's like, nope, you are going to stay with Jason Garrett, and you're going to stay with Dave Gettleman, too. Um, but those, the difference want, is those people were bad at their jobs. Okay, but you still, it'll end up, Worse in the long run if they don't want to work with each other and they're not not forced like hey you're doing this but highly suggested to make this work. Yeah. Then that's uh, then you that's know, really you end bad up on worse Dable. in the long run. It's a terrible mark on Dable if that's the case. Yeah, we'll see. But again, we we'll have pods this week figuring all that stuff out. Why don't you talk to us about something? Oh, I'll talk to you about something. Uh, Bobby Skinner. How does uh? How does winning $165 million sound? Is that something that you're interested in? Yeah, I actually would be, to be honest. Well, that's the current Mega Millions jackpot. And today's sponsor, jackpot.com, lets you play the lottery right from your phone. You can play Mega Millions, Powerball, New York Lotto, and more. And there's no need to stand in line at the convenience store. I know you hate that. All you have to do 
is to download the jackpot.com lottery app. And it's now live in New York, Texas, Ohio, and Massachusetts. Bobby Skinner, you hate standing in line at places. You hate it. Just do it from your phone. Do Pat it from Leonard, your phone. Um, Pat Leonard sees it at all signs point to Wink Martindale being gone and Mike Kafka being back. Oh, Justin was right. Just kidding. No, cut. A football aggregator account did uh, embed your video of the MetLife burning down and like, it was literally burning. So we can talk about that. No, yes, it was. Jackpot. Uh, Download the jackpot.com lottery app, choose a game, pick your favorite numbers, or let jackpot.com choose for you. Ooh, that's fun. Plus, we have the hookup. For a free Pick ticket. Pick your numbers, by the way. Pick your own numbers. Don't listen to Doug Analytics. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. That's the numbers of lost that are cursed. Um, all you have to do is use code GIANTS when you make a deposit. That means you have a chance to win. I'll tell you how much. I'll tell you how much. $165 million. Whoa. For free if you use code GIANTS at the jackpot.com lottery app. So click the link below to download or go to jackpot.com and make sure you use code GIANTS at checkout. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Dude, Bobby O'Karake listened to Carl Banks. He did. Like, he purposely just jumped over and and hit Jalen Hurts before the tush push. Like, he, he listened to Carl the, Banks. That's, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. He might have thought that the ball moved, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just going to say it, right? And I repl- he he quote-tweeted my... Uh, the gif of, you know, the, the great editing job I did of the guy jumping over the judges' that stand. Was ver- that was very good. Um... If I told the full story on how I edited that and how the things I had to work around on my screen, you would you would love it, Justin. Because um, my screen recording device, sometimes when I'm recording YouTube TV, you know how like it has that yellow line that shows you recording? Yeah. For some reason, when I'm recording YouTube TV, when I end a video, sometimes it will just leave the yellow line there. So I didn't want to shut down my computer or anything, so I put the two video files on top of each other, but I had to small them to get in that yellow line so it didn't show the yellow line in the screen recording. So that's why it's not showing them as full. Anyways... Uh, I want to get Bobby O'Karake on the van and I'm just, you know, he's not going to admit to doing that. I'm just going to ask him like, Hey, this play you did. Right. And just, you know, not make him say it, uh, you know, specifically like, yeah, I was just trying to jump over. I, I just like, yeah, you, that's, that's what you did. So you, there's no way want, he didn't do that. You want him purpose. to give a nonverbal confirmation. Yes, absolutely. There's no way that was on accident that he just jumped over the line to hit, uh, Good thing Jaylen we have hurts. video. So, so we'll we'll we'll. I, I hope to do that. Uh, it's my goal to get him on on the will. podcast this this off season. Um, Sterling Shepard, how was it? Uh, how was the ten million dollar long drawn out ceremony that they did for him? Dude, did people really freak out as much as so I thought that they it did? It was only like you know how it is, right? It's a vocal minority about that, and usually it's like okay, ignore that. But I was like, this is the most loser shit ever, complaining that they're going to let Sterling Shepard run out of the tunnel. I was like, I can't even, I can't bite my tongue on this. This is, like, this is, you've gotten too comfortable complaining about shit. This That was the most loser behavior shit I've ever seen, complaining about Sterling Shepard being able to run out of the tunnel last. Do you want to know how long all that took? How long? 21 seconds. 20, that's, I, I think it took less than that. I think the video was 21 seconds, and then it was like 14 seconds, and you know he's no, but they showed him, you know, and he and he gave Hyatt a hug and and everything like that. So then I was like, all right, well that's over. Uh, the whole experience of of honoring Sterling Shepard 
before the game was 21 seconds. That's it. <laughs> With most, and you look in the stands, most of the people weren't even in the stadium yet. Also, there were a lot of people booing. <laughs> that was crazy at halftime. You could hear the boos through TV, the Eagles fans booing. Oh, yeah. The they Eagles all left. Players. Jolly, Jolly Olive was waving them goodbye. He waved. He, it, was very, it was very funny. He was waving goodbye. There's a video on Talking Giants. I'll check. I'll have to check that out. Um, <laughs> it's got over a thousand likes. <laughs> Saquon didn't get a thousand yards. That was. Let's talk about Saquon quickly. Quickly. Yeah. He is definitely changing the way he talks to media, and he's going to be more aggressive on, like, trying to control the narrative this year. Where last year it was a disaster class of like, "Yep, want to be a giant for life," da da da, and let all the rumors of the contracts being offered go out there at the bye week afterwards. Um, he's going to try and control the narrative, and I'm not buying. I, I refuse to believe that the Giants and Saquon Barkley, who tweet out you know every ten seconds about trying to get him to be the Walter Payton Man of the Year, that they're divorcing until it happens. I just refuse to believe that it's going to happen until it happens. He's talking like he's Sterling Shepard right now. Though it's smart. It's smart by him to play that. Like, hey, you guys know I'd love to be a Giant, but hey, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Like he's he is he's playing this smart. Strange to hear, though. Is he, you know, go, going from what he was, and I want to be a giant for life, and I, I understand the the legacy aspect of it, and then it's a, it was a very, it was a very quick switch to flip. But I don't even know if he still, he doesn't have leverage. That's the crazy thing. And his leverage is that people love him. When at least 2022, he was coming off a really good year. This year, you know, what? How many yards per carry did he finish with? You said three point nine, which is like really bad. And, and we can, you know, I could explain to him blue in the face like that's an offensive line step. But at the end of the day, it's like this investment has not worked at the made the running game good. So should we continue to do that because we love each other, or should we just decide to move apart for the better? He's talking uh, but- like he's talking like he's Sterling Shepard, and that's crazy to hear. Sixth pick in the draft, Justin. We got pick 39 and 47. I'm actually really excited about those picks. And then pick 70. Um, Who will the Giants draft? Crazy to think that they're going to trade up. I I do think it's crazy. I think the top three teams in the draft want a quarterback. I think the Bears, you can talk about all this Justin Fields smoke. They're going to, I think they're going to take a quarterback. They'd be crazy and the, and, the, and the Patriots are probably going to take a quarterback. We, we got a, we got a whole we got a lot of time to digest that, Justin. And uh, I we jokingly said we're going to do a segment at the end of every pod. We won't. But uh, but listen, I mean, I I if a gun to your head, Giants draft a quarterback in the first round or not? Yeah, I still killed your ass. Sure. I think they do. Um, I, I I think I think Shane's going to get aggressive. Now, obviously, it takes two to tango. You know, it, it takes another team to be interested in those as, those those assets. But I think if if there is a quarterback in this draft that Joe Shane wants, and it's like this is the guy, I think he will. I think he will be aggressive in trying to get him. We shall see. We shall see. And if you're wrong, I'm going to shoot you in the draft stream. Sure. 
That's a that's a guaranteed fact. Um, I kissed have you your seen forehead the in 2022. For um, yeah, I kissed your forehead in 2022, and then you'll shoot me this year. It's the opponents. I did, um, and I, I think we're gonna win 17 games. Yeah, so I'm looking at that home Colts game as maybe the game I come up for this year. I hope that's a little later in the year. One of my best friends is a Colts fan. Dalton Feely is a Colts fan. Yeah, that there you go. I think that might be the game I want to come up for. I think right? I may want to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That'd be a good crowd to experience. Yeah. Played them week one four years ago. Yeah. AFC North is tough, but maybe all their quarterbacks will get hurt. One of the best Giants victories, like low-key underrated Giants victory ever, is them going into Pittsburgh in 2008 and beating Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. And really, it was like a statement win that year. It's like, oh, look at the Giants. They're here. I mean, Eli, Eli, arguably his best game as a rookie was versus the Steelers in that game they almost won. That was actually a Saturday game, too. I remember oh. that. Look at that. Yeah, I'm uh, excited about I'm I'm already excited about next year. And dude, here's the thing. I mean, here's you know, we said it after the Rams game. We said it when Tommy DeVito was, you know, torching the commanders and torching the Packers. We know those defenses are really bad, and you know, Joe Barry's a very unique defensive coordinator with the Packers. I'm really excited for the future of this team. Like, you know, hey, like, I'm even hear me out. Like, there's no crystal ball of if the Giants are gonna draft a quarterback next year, right? I am even excited for Daniel Jones to come back and have Andrew Thomas healthy. Like, if that if that is a part of the future, I will talk myself into being optimistic about the New York Giants. That Bobby Skinner just made a face at me, but I will talk myself into it being. Just, you've opt- come off the torn ACL, and I know, man. But I'll still talk his myself into has to be an all time low. I'll still talk myself into being optimistic and excited about this Giants team. And part of it has to do with the fact that they didn't just fucking suck the last month of the year. That will be part of it. It will. Yeah, I'm just I'm not going to spend the all offseason being like, oh, that, uh, they, they got to get better, right? They got to get better in a lot of areas. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, no, but the last month affirmed what we already knew. It's that. Again, we'll see with defensive coaching. But yeah, I mean, offense, I felt that way in those other games too, right? Yeah. Besides the Dallas game, they they game plan horribly on offense. They they got too they got they got too excited. I think they got too excited about training camp, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we cannot protect." Yeah. Um, but it's two years in a row now where they've gotten very excited and they've had lofty goals about what they can accomplish schematically in terms of average depth of target and pushing the ball downfield. This is two years in a row now where they've come out with offense A and then they've had to transition to offense B. And that is the transition period that I want to avoid next year. The offense that we see in September and October, unless everybody and their mother gets hurt, the offense that we see in September and October Next year is the offense that I also want to see in November and December. I don't want to have this major adjustment haul. And if we have to do, hey, if coaching staff, you, you always have to adjust. But I think the last two years, it's been misevaluation on what you can accomplish and what your personnel can accomplish. Whereas last year, it was, you know, hey, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony can't be your wide receiver one and twos. And Sterling Shepard goes down with the season ending injury. Whereas this year, I think they they misevaluated what Daniel Jones can accomplish, especially without Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal being bad as a right tackle. So 
I don't want to have this major overhaul of what this Giants offense looks like in November and December. Yeah, I mean, want they, stability. Obviously, quarterback is going to be the biggest conversation of the offseason, but offensive line, you really got to take that shit serious, man. Like, and I'm not saying it just like the pick at six, but you got to really – and I, I feel like taking depth is serious, right? Not being like, okay, look, we got a new different five, right? No. I, I just You need to take depth seriously, right? You need to spend money on depth at offensive line. Um, and you need to make sure, you know, you bring guys back. Like, like ben, I don't care if he's the eighth offensive lineman on this team. Hopefully he is. Ben Bredesen should be back. Yeah. Right? Again, eighth offensive lineman, sure. But he should be back. You shouldn't look at, hey, well, we don't want him as the starter. He shouldn't be back. No, he should be back. So, um, I mean, Justin, do you have anything else? I, I wanted to keep this episode kind of short because we will have probably a quick turnaround and next time we talk to everybody. Um, and you got anything else? No. Um, if you're listening to this before Monday at 8.30 a.m., Joe Shane will will speak to the media, and we'll, we'll be covering that. We'll be listening to that. We'll see what happens with Wink Martindale. I hope the media presses Shane about injuries and what the hell happens there and what, what have you uncovered from you know wanting to really look into the you know, the medical side of the staff, Joe Shane talked about that when he came in as his introductory press conference. They're like, oh, this this franchise is usually historically very injured. And he's like, I'm going to look into it. Have you looked into it? What have you found? Um, you know, I, I would love to hear them press Shane on Dable's relationship with his coaches and what are Shane's thoughts on that. But I don't think they're going to press him on that. Um and what went wrong in like what went wrong in September and October? Like I, I want to hear about that beginning part of the season because that's that's what defines this season, right? All right, so uh, that's an episode. So going forward, usually for the most part of the off season, it is Tuesday and Friday for episodes. Uh, as news comes in, it'll be a little different. Obviously, if there's coordinator changes, we will be going. We will be playing it by ear. Um, you know, but we usually it's two episodes per week, and then you know the draft gets crazy. We try and we trying to make everything its own thing, right? We're not said on the last episode. We're not going to do quarterback trade up talk every episode. I would drive myself nuts if we if we did that. I don't know how other people do that every day on a podcast, let alone like social media, just every day. Uh, oh, so I forgot. We'll, we'll, we'll be hitting every little thing with well every little detail. Futures contracts, we'll hit them. Who? Who's the few first futures contract signed tomorrow, Justin? Oh, I thought you were going to tell me who was the few first futures contract of Joe Shane. Do you know? Wasn't it uh, that center from the Jets? No, that wasn't a future. It was actually Antonio Williams. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Our friend. Well, actually, he may not be the first futures contract because they the, the first outside contract by Joe Shane was Antonio Williams. Then so it was uh, Davis Webb came back. Um, so wait, we didn't, um, we didn't talk about MetLife burning down. Yeah. What ha- what happened there? I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I think that it. was just, I think that was literally just hot steam, like hot water being like poured out. I'm almost it, for sure. That's what that was. It looked. And and then you heard sirens. So well, I, you, I, anytime you're in New Jersey, you hear sirens in the background. It was, you don't hear sirens at MetLife. That's the thing. It And I'm like, okay, this stadium is burning down. And the funniest part of my caption is I, I, I innately and instinctively typed finally, like it's finally, it's finally on fire. It's burning down. Not that it is on fire, 
it's finally on fire. And that was the word that made me giggle the most. And it was, it happened quite a few times. And then I heard sirens and I'm like, okay, it's happening. The stadium's finally burning down. Burn it down. All right. We will see you guys uh, soon this week. Um, we'll, we'll just see you soon. We don't know when we'll see it, but we will see you. Appreciate you guys as always. Talking Giants versus the whole damn world. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.